Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 682, recorded live on May Day, May 1st, 2021. And here are your hosts, a man who seems to be having an existential crisis right now, Dave Pillay. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> and the man who's uh, just trying to keep up with the three-year-old, Andy Lowe. Hi. Oh, because I said, like, what are we even doing here? You're like, oh, I'm so tired. What are we I, doing I am tired. Here? No, those Why? are separate things, Andy. A, I'm tired because, like, I got to bed, I think, around one in the morning, and then I woke up around six, uh, and then I was up until, like, 8.45, and then I think I slept till 10, and that was it. So that's why I'm tired. Why are we here? is just because like what are we doing we're going through topics that's what we're doing yeah we're recording a podcast i mean yeah so we always do it's what we've done for 14 years i really should probably redo the website soon because <laughs> the next time the host is like yeah we're doing an upgrade and they'll be like my website's broken and they'll be like you're using technology that's 14 years old and i'll be like you told me it would keep working yeah that's why i should probably fix that mm-hmm. it means rewriting the page Mm-hmm. Doing a bunch of stuff. So, Dave. Anyway, what did you do on Friday? Now that there wasn't a, a Marvel show on the TV. Um. Well, it's it's worse than that. This isn't even one of the topics, and it probably should be. Uh, Laura and I have been working our way through the mid '90s version of Spider-Man. Oh. Okay. Which was just removed from Disney Plus. Oh. With no explanation as to why. So, like, we were four-fifths of the way through the series. Which, by the way, it's a really well-written show. Like, it's a good Spider-Man show. It's good, and then they bring Venom in, and it's still good. Dude, they bring Venom in early. Like, super early. And, like, there's great guest appearances. There's the X-Men there's Iron Man, there's Doctor Strange. Like, it's pretty cool. And they did a really good job with it. And, like, you could tell that they, they, um, the writers didn't know the source material. Like, they were learning it on the fly. And it, it's actually kind of cool because it means that, like, as they're adding it in, you're learning about it. But, like, they handled it very well. Yes. And it's a great show. And it's, it's now not on Disney Plus anymore because of reasons? Question mark. They say they're gonna they're they're working on restoring it, but like they don't say why it got taken down. And we were building up to like Secret Wars, because that's where the show like climaxes is in Secret War. Oh jeez. I don't remember right? that much. I like I remember watching it, but I don't remember watching that much of it yeah no it gets all the way into secret war and is is like awesome i th- i don't remember if that point if they did like secret war was a crossover with x-men oh i don't know or they just used the x-men characters for it man we grew up in a good time of animation yes <laughs> i mean you could probably do several like history projects on it yeah. um but like batman the animated series changed animation on a fundamental level. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there were other shows that did as well. History of animation. Oh, this is a huge Wikipedia article. The history of animation? Yeah. 
Oh, I think this is all computer animation, though. So, like, silicon graphics and, um, blah, what's the company that Apple... I mean, there was Pixar, but there was a group before Pixar. Yeah, I'm trying to see it in here. Oh, man, yeah, Ren and Stimpy. That would, like, everybody knew about Ren and Stimpy. I mean, yes, but, like, what about it? Well, that was... You know, an animated show was, for a while, the most popular KB, cable TV show in the United States. Early 80s, the U.S. animation low point. <laughs> yes. Animation for U.S. TV program grown formulaic based on characters known from other media with actual limited animation work outsourced to cheap Asian laborers. Uh, TV series were little more than commercials. And then the renaissance of the U.S. animation. Uh, did Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures? Robert Zemeckis did Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Then The Simpsons came out. Yeah, well, you had the Tracy Ullman show first. Yes. Right, and you had the short sketch comedy Simpsons. Well, Rabbit came out in 88, and the Sim- Trace, uh, Simpsons were on Tracy Ullman, but they got their own slot in 89. Yeah, so it, it really was the 90s became the renaissance. Yes, and right. you, know, you, Once- you, you had those good ones that showed up there. Granted, now, you know, you've got, God, how many people are watching Rick and Morty? A lot, because it's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, just, you know. Yeah. It, I... Rick and Morty is a weird spot because it's a social commentary, but like it's also a meta commentary and also they just don't care anymore. And also it's, it's like it's actually pretty like it's it's very dark, but it's also like aware that it's dark. I don't it's I, I think it's funny as hell. Have you watched Rick and Morty yet? I've I've tried to for a bit. Mm-hmm. And that it, sounds like a I did not like it and can't stand it and couldn't get through it. I I couldn't figure it out. It's just like the time when um, SpongeBob came on <laughs> mm-hmm. one time while we were watching, and I'm like, okay, this is SpongeBob. You know, I know people who have like you know grown adults who have the SpongeBob this and the SpongeBob that, and it's just like you know I start watching the episode and somehow he like gets into a dream state about trying to learn how to play the clarinet and he's talking to this giant eagle head underwater and i'm just i didn't know where it was going i mean so spongebob is a kid's show it 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 does have some like fun easter eggs that they throw in there but like ultimately it's a kid's show rick and morty not a kid's show no it's most definitely not a kid's show no like, do not let your kids watch Rick and Morty. If you have kids, you should watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> Just without your kids. Yeah. You know who loves Rick and Morty? Who? My mom. Really? Yes. My dad <laughs> cannot stand it and will not watch it. He thinks it is... I mean, they're, to be fair, like he thinks it's, it's gross and it's, it's like low humor. And to be fair... An entire episode is literally dedicated to, like, the story revolves around a toilet. The whole premise of the episode is that someone you found and used Rick Sanchez's private toilet. <laughs> so, like, yes, the humor is, like quote-unquote, low humor. Granted, this is a guy who couldn't stop laughing at Monty Python sketches involving a dead bird. Or the, the um, 
Wizzo Chocolate Company with the box of chocolates. I mean, if you want to talk about like, quote unquote, low humor, crunchy frog is not high brow humor. Yep. It is hilarious. But it's like, that's, I'd put that as a similar humor to Rick and Morty, right? Number four, number four, crunchy frog. Am I correct in thinking there's a real frog in here? This is a, a little one. Is it cooked? No. A raw frog? Yes. Well, don't you even take the bones out of it? We took the bones out of it. It wouldn't be crunchy, would it? So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Rick and Morty is good. SpongeBob's okay. I don't mind watching it, but it's it's not cerebral. It's, it's anti-cerebral. If you want to watch SpongeBob, like, turn off your brain. I, I will take your... Uh word for it because right now what what is on tv most times now paw patrol uh no uh let's see today he was talking about cutting fruits and vegetables what shows Uh, are you watching with this child um well we actually we're watching youtube videos hold on let me pull up my list Uh, let's see history um, we were watching uh, some epicurious videos about how to chop every fruit and then we watched mm-hmm. How to Chop Every Vegetable. Mm-hmm. And then during snack time, we were listening to Truck Tunes, where this guy has different songs and different styles all about various trucks. That's that's what my media importation has been today. Okay. Yep. Granted, I also got woken up with one of our stations being off the air, so that was fun. No, no. Especially since it was an issue... Um, that we didn't find out about um, until we uh, we were installing a new backup generator at one of our stations. The yes. old one was older than me, paid in the okay. ni- the nice 1950s seafoam green sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so we got the new one all wired up. It's been a couple of days where I've had to keep on driving from here down to Coldwater. Well, to Concha, which is out, you know, Coldwater's the big city in Concha. Um, and so I had kept driving down there, kept driving down there. We finally get to the very end. The, the generator guys get everything wired up. And he's like, all right, should we test it? And I'm like, let's test it. So we hit the button. All the lights go down. Generator kicks on. All the lights turn back on again, and there's dead air. And we're just like, well, shit. <laughs> that's, this oh, is that's not supposed no to. That's not, that's not good. Brand new generator. Try it out. And we got dead air. And I'm sitting here scrambling around going, why the hell do we have dead air? The transmitter's on. I'm working my way down. I finally get him like, the remote control unit is off. And the STL link, which is the the link from the studio to the transmitter, the receive unit Mm -hmm. is off as well. Why the hell are those two off? Everything else is on. And why were they off? Um, Seems like the previous engineer had gone to uh, Walmart or office depot or something and bought you know just a cheap apc battery backup unit and um put it in in the hiding in the back of the rack on the bottom (laughs) yeah so that battery hadn't been changed in um five years oops yep and the uh the ups unit somehow did not like the changeover anymore it liked it was okay with the changeover on the old box but the new box caused it to freak out and it would just shut off so you would have to manually hit the power button to turn it back on that's a really bad ups yeah and the other fun fact is that it was custom wired into the rack so i couldn't actually um there weren't any outlets around you know close enough for me to actually plug the things into something that wasn't the ups unit oh no so we found that out on i think tuesday 
Um, so I, you know, I send word back to corporate going, Hey, um, this is a problem. We need to get this fixed. We need to order something else there and they need to go down there and figure this whole thing out. Right. So then today I get it called up. Hey, they're, you know, we're off the air down there and I'm just like, Oh gosh. And I turn on the radio and I can hear the transmitter on, but there's no audio. And I'm just like, <laughs> I have a feeling I know exactly what this is, <laughs> but I have to physically go there to fix it. Yes. So uh, luckily it was uh, 9 o'clock, so Office Depot opened, so I went and bought another UPS unit. This one a <laughs> little bit heavy. extension head- cord? And, yeah, and I brought some extension cords. <laughs> and I put the UPS unit in, and, I plug- and then I plugged everything back into there, and it's like, okay, I am got us back on the air. I'm going home. Yeah. We- we'll deal with the rest <clears throat> of this all on Monday. Hey, man, power to you. Well done on fixing it. Yep, but yeah, it was one of those things and- where it's like, I, I we all knew it was a problem. We had already started going through the process of ordering the new equipment and scheduling time for me to go down there and fix everything. But everything the was, urgency kind of kicked up. <laughs> yeah, it was. We had a plan, and then God said, "Oh, that's a good plan." Here, best laid plans. Yep. I've been working on a project for the last five weeks, six weeks at work and like sinking serious time into this project. Like it has been the, the dominant thing that I've been working on is just writing the stuff for this project, writing queries and doing data migration and, and data cleaning and like getting the data into a workable state. And I, I just like, I keep running into issues. Like last weekend there, there was an assumption that I'd made that was proved wrong. And I'm like, well, shit. And like, I had to go back and pull in people from across the company to figure out like, how can we make this work? Because I can't move a 1.5 terabyte table onto a 200 gigabyte hard drive. Hmm. That, that's not, not workable. No. Uh, and and we solved that, but then like this just on yesterday we found another thing where I'm like, well, I had assumed that this list would remain constant and not like highly changeable. And so now I need to go back and re-examine how I'm doing that, and it's just gonna take forever. I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, I found out that um uh, I, I we got a new network attached storage in Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. and so I thought, okay, be great. I can back up all the servers to Kalamazoo, so we have something offsite in case something happens, you know. And it's a nice big, you know, RAID five, which I'm actually thinking about switching to a RAID ten, but you know, top, you know, it's all set up, and I'm like, okay, the first, the first, you know, backup is going to be huge for each of these markets, but then I'll just do an incremental backup after that, and be fine. Turns out Windows Server Backup, if you try and do an incremental backup, it will do it Mm -hmm. for 14 times Mm -hmm. and then request that you do a full backup again. Why? I don't know. There's no way around that? No. Windows Server Backup. Unless you, you know, unless you start breaking out the third party stuff. Yeah. You know, so it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I got a great plan and it worked for two weeks and all of a sudden it's just like... I clog up my network because I got all these servers trying to do another full backup of, you know, terabytes of data across the Internet. Could you, I mean, could you set that on a rotating basis? Well, that's so at least part- it's only like one per, you know, each each station for like each night. Yeah, well, yes, but still trying to, um, I think our uh, Holland station right now is on Comcast and it has a five megabit per second upload. 
on on top. That's, that's going to take a long time. Yeah, because you know I've got I've got the two streaming servers running their bits, and we've got our VPN stuff on top, and it's just you know our upload is just you get a little you know it's fine for whatever people are normally doing, but when I'm trying to you know move move a terabyte of data over the internet, mm, no, not so much. Nope, not so much. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like oh okay. I'm, put all the time and effort in, got everything organized, got it all set up, and then it's just like, oh, wait. Yeah. I thought this was going to stay as an incremental backup. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel you there, Dave. Oh. Why? why, All right, so you want to talk about existential crises. Like, what the hell are we doing with our lives, Andy? I don't know. We're sitting here talking about data transfer. As a like topic of conversation, what what happened to us that this is this is where we go? Uh, I could talk about how I've kind of joined the dark side in Hearthstone. What is the dark side? Well, I've, there's there's a couple of decks right now that were just uber competitive. Yeah, they're just ridiculously overpowered. One of them uh, was a paladin deck, and the other one was this no hmm. minion mage deck. Okay, because you get a card that uh, turn four you play it it will take all the spells in your deck and boost them up by three levels to a random spell but keep you the same cost yeah so it's like (laughs) if you look at some of the the stats it's like some some of the the highest played cards in these mage decks are not even mage spells there's like (laughs) there's a hunter spell that just deals i think 12 damage Oh my god, that's a lot of damage. Yeah, for I think uh, the cost of the card is I think seven. It's like twelve damage on a seven card, and you know if it does it right, it still leaves bodies on the board. It's just ridiculous. And so, um, yeah, I got I got the uh, I got the legendary card that increased all my spells in my last packs. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of playing against these guys. I'm joining the dark side. Okay. What games have I been playing? I've been playing a lot of Bravely Default. I played Dokapon. I have a weekly Dokapon Kingdom game, which is just a blast. I got Evil Genius 2 to work on my work laptop. Yay! Cool. So, see, we still we're still hip. We still talk about games. I, I still don't have a TikTok, so you know that's where. It... <laughs> well, of course not, Andy. We're millennials, not that's Zoomers. True. Zoomers. Why would we have TikToks? I don't know. So, should we actually talk about topics on the list here? Yeah, probably. Ingenuity's on Mars, and it flew, and then it flew, and then it didn't fly. But then it flew again. And then it flew. Yep. So attempt four was successful. Yes. That's good. Why did attempt three fail? Uh, they said it was, an, it was a known... They, they knew it was going to fail because something with the... Um, it was something with their software. Okay. The, the software's having a, uh, every once in a while has a hard time flipping between basically standby and flight mode. <laughs> you, you'd think that would be a pretty easy thing to fix. That said, you could actually check uh, because Ingenuity's source code is on GitHub. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's on open, it's open source, so... The source code for Ingenuity is on GitHub. Nearly 12,000 people contributed code, documentation, graphic design, and more to the open source software that made Ingenuity's launch possible. Where is the code? Yes, that's the GitHub blog for open source goes to Mars. Cool. Where's the actual code? Oh, wow. 
So, uh, fun fact, today is International Drone Day. Okay. And so um, the Ingenuity Mars helicopter chief pilot wrote up a nice little blog article about how it's been, you know, flying on Mars recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hover for the helicopter is precise to within one centimeter. That's pretty good. Heading directions are precise to within less than 1.5 degrees. Nice. F Prime, a flight-proven, multi-platform, open-source flight software framework. So you, too, can download F Prime and have your own software for driving a, uh, a, a helicopter, a very tiny helicopter. So, yeah, so Ingenuity's actually been performing so well that NASA's giving them, I think, like a whole month. Really? So, something ridiculous now with how much time NASA's given to this helicopter. <laughs> but, like, all it can do is observe, right? It doesn't have any sort of science testing on it. They could just, like, fly it around and take pretty pictures. Yeah, that's basically what they're doing. It's they're flying it around to... Um, scout. Scout, yes. They're, they are using the helicopter to scout. Yes. Cool. I mean, good for them. So the Ingenuity helicopter is flying around on Mars. Yep. It's crazy. It would not work on the moon, right? No. Because there's needs, no air. There's yeah. no lift. Nope. So there needs to be some sort of lift. Yes, there needs to be some sort of atmosphere. Yeah. So how would you do it on the moon? How could you do powered flight on the moon? I guess on the moon, you just have to go fast enough. Mm-hmm. And then you just hit orbit and then slow down so that you don't break orbit well very cool for for nasa and for jpl and for the twelve thousand contributors who added code to get ingenuity flying on mars what other space news do we have sn15 is still sitting on the pad yep a week later they've done like three static fire tests plus the cryo test they had closed down the road they were clearing the pad and then just scrapped it on friday people thought they were scrubbed it you're right scrubbed it not scrapped it that's a very different thing that's what they did to bn1 yeah where they just they tore it down Mm -hmm. i still am sad about that i would have paid like 10 to 15 bucks for a piece of bn1 uh i I did see that sn16 is Is already assembled in the highway yeah it's already stacked and ready to go they really need to build that second launch pad out there no well they have the second launch pad they have the second pad they don't have the orbital pads yet oh that's the one that's missing okay they have the suborbital pads uh so they could wheel sn16 out if they Uh, again If they decide not to run 15 on Monday, they could run 16 out onto the pad. Which was it? That was a 9 and 10 were on the pad at the same time? Uh, I think so. God, where was that? I was looking at this one website, and I forgot to sign up at the time, but there was a website that would actually email you when the uh, 10-minute siren goes off. (laughs) So that way you don't have to sit there and watch... <laughs> the guys at NASA Spaceflight, you know, vamp. Or everyday astronaut. Or everyday astronaut, you know, vamp for seven hours. I am thoroughly impressed at their vamping for so long. Well, what's really good with the NASA Spaceflight, I've been switching to them more than Tim because Tim kind of annoys me sometimes. Uh-huh. 
um, because they had the super chat questions. So, you know, people will drop a couple bucks into super chat and then they'll ask a question, ask a question. So those guys will just they're just getting fed stuff all the time from the audience. Yeah. Technically, you don't even need to drop money for it. Sometimes they'll just take questions. I've had my question answered. Ooh, they called it out online. I don't remember what I was asking, but I was asking them something. I asked them a question. What? I do not know. I don't remember what it was. Uh, Speaking of Starship, so they had won the contract from NASA for the human landing system. And everyone else is now butthurt. Yes. And asking NASA to reconsider. Yep. Blue Origin provided a redacted copy of its protest to reporters when they prompted NASA to um, protest the contract. And then Dynetics, who was the third group in there, also complained about it as well. Okay, but like, why? What, what, What are they saying wasn't fair in the process for selecting. Well, let's see. Dynetics has issues and concerns with several aspects of the acquisition process, as well as elements of NASA's technical evaluation and filed a protest with the GAO to address them. Dynetics will not be making any further comments regarding the protest process. Yeah, no shit. So they said they have issues, but they they won't officially say what it is. And of course, like I said... They won't publicly say. Yeah, Blue Origin... Officially say, but they won't publicly say. Nope. And like here, you know, uh, Blue Origin filed a redacted right so again i want to know like what is their thing what what are they what are they trying to do the original the the, the original problem was the fact that um congress only gave 25 percent of the actual um hls budget to nasa Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah uh 850 million instead of the 3.4 billion dollars that was requested right so nasa didn't have money to give to multiple companies right so they picked one company and that company was spacex but like they did the normal like bidding and and inspection and coming it wasn't that like someone on the board was like yeah elon's got this we'll just go with him Right, like they all sent in proposals, mm-hmm. and they all got evaluated. Yes, which so on this article, the uh, evaluation of all three proposals is on here, which is um, technical rating for Blue Origin was acceptable, Dynetics was marginal, SpaceX was acceptable, management rating Blue Origin very good, Dynetics very good, SpaceX outstanding. So, I mean, it's. <laughs> Um, they revealed SpaceX's winning price bid of $2.99 billion, said uh, that uh, Blue Origin said that their bid was $5.9 billion, and uh, Dynetics hasn't said their price, but the, um, the agency said that theirs was significantly higher than Blue Origin's. So again, like, these companies are just getting butthurt that they lost... The, the bid war. Yes. And are now not suing, but like they're going effectively- through they're going through a process that the GAO has basically said, OK, we're going to listen to, you know, we're going to look at their complaints. We're going to go through the they're process. Like, you are welcome to complain. We'll take a look. You're all being childish. Okay, yeah, here we go. At the very bottom, timeline of bid protest process. Protest is filed on day one. uh, The GAO has 100 days to issue its decision on the protest. So there is a 100-day window at maximum before we, you know, get an answer. It could be less. Yep. So... 
But yeah, no, uh, there was an article which I couldn't find. It. I I gotta keep on remembering to use this reading list button because I start <laughs> I start you know I get a topic and then I start going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Say like mark for read later. Yep. Yeah, um, the Dynetics lander supposedly was like overweight out of the limits and they honestly stated in one of their things that the uh they couldn't figure out how to make it lighter and yet they're complaining that you know they didn't get money for something that according to them is is not in parameters what and not going to work i mean spacex thinks it's gonna work yes but when they filed their paperwork theirs was acceptable yeah dynetics turns out in their own paperwork stated that they weren't sure you know, hey, oh this God. is this is overweight, and we're not sure how to make it lighter. Uh, yeah, dude, you, you're not you're not gonna get that then. Nope. So, what else we got on this list here? What, Dave? What what stands out to you on this list? Ooh, Microsoft and the Microsoft Store. Yes, that stands out to me as a potentially very big thing. What's going on, Andy? Well, so, you know, we have this whole thing between Epic and Apple and all the people complaining that uh, Valve, Apple, and Google are all, you know, taking too much of a cut. So Valve, you know, introduced revenue sharing tiers on the uh, lower the company's take on bigger games. Apple and Google lowering their cut to 15% on the first million. Well, Microsoft has said now um, they've launched with a 12% cut. So cut to 12%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Cut to 12% from 30% for all uh, PC games sold through the Microsoft Store. Versus Valve's typical is like 30%? Yeah. 30% has been the common for most platforms. I think right. Valve... has done that. Valve has done that. And Google has done that. Yeah. I think all three of them are at 30%. Do we know 30%. what Epic's is? Um, Epic's is... Are they also 30%? Uh, I think they're at 12% as well. Uh, Give the developers 88%. So yeah, 12% for Epic, and they waive royalties for games using the Unreal Engine that are sold through the store. Because Because they make the Unreal Engine. Yes. That's clever. I like that. Because they also... We've we've talked about this that they gave away the Unreal Engine, mm-hmm. right? It as long as you're like independent, you can and you aren't selling the game, you can use it for free. Mm-hmm. So like students and people who are just learning can just use it, uh, and then once you start selling a game and making a profit off of it, then like there's licensing fees. Yeah, it's it's to me it seems kind of like what Apple did with um, the Macintosh computers at schools. It's like okay, you know what, we're just gonna drop the price way down for the educational sector because then we'll get everybody you know all this all the video processing guys in school i mean everybody everybody cut their teeth on final cut pro because every apple gave us final cut pro on the macintosh computers Mm -hmm. so that's what we all knew and then as soon as we get out of school and then you know try to buy ourselves a macintosh with final cut pro then they're just like hey apple apple's got the sends us the bill we're just like hmm how's this Adobe product work? And then Adobe sends us a bill and then we go, hmm, how does GIMP work? Yeah. Man, Adobe has been like gouging lately. Oh my God. We didn't have this as a topic either, but like, did you see there's a cancellation fee for Creative Commons? Not Creative Commons, uh, uh, whatever Adobe product thing is. Oh, the Creative Um, Cloud? There's a cancellation fee for Creative Cloud? Yeah. We have Adobe Audition for literally one reason. 
in our studios. And that's mm -hmm. because they have a plugin that writes all the metadata to get directly imported into wide orbit, which is our automation system that stores all of our music, all of our commercials, all of our audio files are all stored in this automation system. So you so, need yeah, you know, the Adobe title audition for the plugin. Yes. So you know, it plus it's it's a it's an okay, you know, I it's a I, decent sound editor. Yeah. I use it on the podcast. Right. I mean <laughs> I've been using it for years. I've been using it since Cool Edit Pro 2. Oh, not, not, I'm not cool enough to do Cool Edit Pro 1.5. I'll just give you that much, but, you know. Okay. I, get, I got in at 2. But, yeah, no, there's a plug-in for that that writes all the metadata. And it was, that was one of my goals. If I had, like, a week of nothing to do. <laughs> um, when the hell is that going to happen? I don't know. I'm working on it slowly and surely. In 17 more years. Yes. Um, looking at the, because um, I think it's just an XML sort of header on the actual WAV files that Wide Orbit reads and then converts and everything else. So part of me wants to take a raw WAV file before we add the metadata and the WAV file after it and just throw them in a hex editor and see what the difference is. Mm -hmm. You know, see where they're similar, see where they're different. Yeah. And then see if I, because I know Audacity, I think you can write your own XML metadata like plugins for Audacity. Probably. So see, see yeah, if I can. very open program. Yes. If, see if I can actually write my own plugin for it, for Audacity. And then move off of. Move off of Adobe and then kind of you know, give an F you to this and just post it on every single broadcasting Facebook and forum that I can find. <laughs> It'd be like, Hey, you guys can move off of Adobe audition. Here's how here you and go. Releasing it for free. Yep. Everybody, you know, let's just all get off of this together. Then here you go. Adobe's it's audacity. Like, <laughs> you know what? It's not as good as Adobe audition for some stuff, but geez, if you're just sitting there, you know, taking a 31 second ad and, you know, clipping it to 30 seconds and then putting your metadata in you don't you don't need a fancy editor for that yeah what's what's the licensing fee for audition um well you actually can't buy it anymore it's all through a subscription mm -hmm. and it's uh i'd have to look it up what it is right now let's see w audition per month what is it oh 20 dollars a month per individual license and so we'd need at least Five two hundred and forty dollars a year. Yeah, two hundred forty dollars a year, and then I need five of those. I need fourteen of those just for the company, the, the stations that I take care of. Jesus. So yeah, spending three three and a half grand probably on software per year. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, if you can replace that with a free alternative, that's a huge money saving like switch. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, sports news. Sport. Wait, what? Oh, come on, Andy. We talk about sports news all the time. Yes, I know. I'm normally the one who talks about sports news. I bring it up from time to time, too. We could talk about the draft. Do you want to talk about the draft? I haven't been paying attention to the draft. All I know is that so the, I haven't I been guess, paying attention to the draft either, but it's not like I pay attention to anything else we talk about. I, I know two things. Uh, well, three things. One, there was a guy who uh, held his draft party at the homeless shelter that he used to live in. That's touching. So he, you literally, yeah, going from a homeless shelter to, you know, getting drafted to play in the NFL and yeah. hosting, you know, your draft because they all have to do it all remotely now. Right. Um, so, yeah, he he held it at the homeless shelter. 
Um, two, the guys in Cleveland were booing the uh, commissioner. Why, I don't know, but that's just great that <laughs> literally, you you know, you bring in some fans to cheer on and it literally all they do is start just start booing you while you're speaking. Well, because the commissioner is not a great person. No, no, he's not. And three, the Detroit Lions picked an offensive lineman from Samoa. Cool. Yeah. 300 pound guy, but supposedly he is wicked fast. So I'm just I'm just picturing Maui in my my head. Limited knowledge of people from Samoa is like the rock, right? Dwayne Johnson is Samoan, isn't he? Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. So like, sure. (laughs) Okay. My my sample size of one says, yeah, they're pretty athletic. List of people from American Samoa. I really hope this Wikipedia article is not everybody. <laughs> I know it's a small. I know it's small, but I don't know. I don't think it's that small. It's just it's the directory of everyone who lives on the island. Yes, that's that's what it is. It's literally just like it's the some it's the American Samoan phone book. Uh, I was actually going to talk about a different sport, which part of me is like, is that really a sport? I don't, Andy, how do you how do you define a, a sport? <sighs> that is an that is a question that I've been asked a couple of times because you know curling. Um, yep. They're like, is it really well, a sport? There's a fantastic graph that I used to show my classes of like it's it's a list of like thirty or forty activities and it's got some percent and it's percentage of people surveyed who would call this a sport. Oh, jeez. Let me see if I can find the graph. Yeah, here it is. Perfect. Hey, my Google Foo is like right on on point. So here's where's Andy? There's Andy. Hey, look at that. I just got a picture. So like 98% of people would say that boxing is a sport. In fact, more people say boxing is a sport. Now, like actual sports like football, baseball, those are not included on this because they're sports. Hey, look at that. Curling's almost up to 80%. And this is pretty old. Like, this is, yeah. this is you know, this was a survey conducted a while ago. I love the bottom ones. Like, 10% of people call poker a sport. Merely More put- people call chess a sport than poker. But right here in the center, tied with auto racing, uh, maybe not tied, maybe a little lower, is horse racing. <laughs> About it's, it's 66%. It's tied with roller derby. It is tied with roller derby. And at about 66%, 67%, somewhere around there. Uh, call it a sport. Well, that those 60 some percent, they just had their sporting event. The Kentucky Derby was today. I had completely forgotten about that. Because it's always on the first Saturday of May. May, yep. And that was today. Today is the first Saturday of May. Mm-hmm. So it's Kentucky Derby, or as, as Laura points out, the official name is the Run for the Roses, but everyone just calls it the Kentucky Derby. It is the official name, right? Okay. Oh, sure. The Derby is the official name. I'm just, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But the Kentucky Derby was today, the Run for the Roses. Last year, it happened in September, and I laughed really hard because I have in-laws who live in Kentucky and like we started talking about what would happen because they had canceled the derby for uh COVID and they're like no they won't cancel it I'm like they'll they'll cancel it guys like this is serious and then they canceled it they're like what's going to happen (laughs) 
<laughs> how many like people it, it'll be in, weird for you know, a year and then it'll yeah. be normal again how many people in kentucky you know like booked their house for like an airbnb for that weekend uh probably a lot yeah but yeah that's that's a whole other thing that you and i can perhaps talk about is housing in airbnb in michigan in the summer holy crap it is hard to find a good pet friendly cottage in michigan in the summer Mm -hmm. um but yeah so the derby happened and the the winner was the uh the horse named medina spirit cool they had 12 to 1 odds, so if you bet and won, congratulations. Wait, okay, hold on. I'm looking at this news article you posted. The trainer has won seven Kentucky Derbies. Yes. And the jockey has won the Kentucky Derby four times. Well, I mean, so the jockey and the trainer, like, the jockeys work for the trainers. Yeah. So that makes sense, right? Yes. That, like, there's a huge overlap in the number of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and this trainer, I, I believe, is not thought of very highly, but somehow seems to keep winning. <laughs> I don't know. I have a friend. I mean, Laura's into the Derby and into horses, but I have a friend who's like really into the Derby and really into horses. And like she knows the different trainers and she knows like the horses that they're getting ready for the next year's Derby. And like, I don't even know how she has. She commits so much brain power to it. Do I know her or no? Mm, Not through me. Okay. Because I know we have some people that are friends who are big horse people, so. Yes, we do have people who are friends who are big horse people. Okay, just making sure. But that this you're... is someone I met out here. Okay, then never mind. I, I work with her. Okay. Actually, like, legit work with her, not just like, oh, I met her because she's in my Pathfinder game, but also, like, she was in a meeting that I was in the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven, seven wins? Hmm... I, I know those horses are, you know, tested six ways from Sunday, so. I mean, they've, they've got to be, right? Yeah. Like, and, you know, not only are you making, you know, some money for winning the Derby, but then being able to, you know, sire. Stud the horse. Yeah, stud the yeah. horse. That because horse is not going to is... run another race. Well, you're going to run two more races with that horse. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll run two more races. Yes. Um. Yeah, because uh, next up is the Belmont. And then... And uh, I guess the Preakness is next, and then the Belmont. Okay. I can never keep them in order, but Derby's first. Yes. Uh, Preakness is the 15th, it looks like. So I got two weeks to rest the horse, and then we find out if it's even worth paying attention to the Belmont. Yeah. Because <laughs> if someone else wins the Preakness, then forget it. Like, who yeah. cares? Yeah, who cares about the belt? Yeah, that's that. That's the perfect thing about going last. Is it's either going to be great or nobody's going to care. There's no in-between. Yep. I may have just given Laura an existential crisis, by the way, by pointing out that she is not the person that I know who is, like, the most into horses. <laughs> You're going to wake up... I was going to say, you're going to wake up with a horse head in your bed, but that's bad. That would be very bad, Andy. Yeah, I'm not even going bad. to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. No, um, very true. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she's giving. She's she's staring at me now and actually like staring <laughs> off into space. Like, okay, so we, should we I hit something contemplate else? contemplate my life decisions. <laughs> I'm coming back to this chart of percent of people who call it a sport. That's, that's where I'm at. More people call diving a sport 
than weightlifting? Like, well, weightlifting, you have to be strong. Strength should not be part of a sport. I I am curious how much this has changed with competitive video gaming, which is at like 20%, 22%. Yeah. Bar <laughs> says that weightlifting is training for a sport. No, that's true. It's exercise. Okay, but like how many people actually know what high ally is? Oh, man. How is, is that higher than like croquet? They must have asked somebody in the uh is it is it it's philippines right that's it's a philippine game or no i think it's middle eastern oh hang on i lie a sport involving a ball that is bounced off a walled space by accelerating it to high speeds with a handheld wicker device yeah the little scoop yeah it comes from the sport is played in spain the southwest of france and latin american countries okay it comes from the basque region <clears throat> list of active united states high alive frontons miami's got a huge one because there's a huge hispanic population there yes okay yeah there was uh we were watching um burn notice on USA. Um, God, that's a series. I got so close to the end. I should just, just bite the bullet and finish it somehow. Um, and they they did they filmed a scene inside the Miami um, arena. And I was like, oh, my God, look at it. It's like, what? What is that? I'm like, oh, it's one of those things that, that it shows up in crossword puzzles all the time. Oh, <laughs> the high lie. Yeah. Because it's just a bunch of random letters thrown together. Yeah, it shows up all the time. And it's just like, you know, it's like I had to I had to start like looking it up going, what is this? And, you know, watching it play, it's like, dude, man, I can't believe people, you know, it's like now I see why they wear helmets. Because <laughs> that ball is moving. Yeah, very quickly. Mm hmm. How are we doing on timing, sir? Um, we're As over. As it approaches one o'clock in in your time yes, zone. Yes, we're we're over right now. So if if there's anything else on here you want to talk about, no, nah, I think I'm good. Okay, so it's my random review. Yes, I am reviewing the Real Link E1 and E1 Pro cameras. Dude, what is up with all the cameras? Well, it's because the Wise cameras suck. <laughs> I thought you were like all gung ho about the wise cameras. Yes, until the company started making vacuum cleaners and stick vacuum cleaners and lamps and doorbells and everything that's not a camera. I mean, doesn't that just mean that they like they're they're just buying stuff from the various factories? Like they're not the ones who made this shit in the first place, right? They just bought a bunch of stuff from factories. That's what it seems right, but they haven't fixed the stuff that they already have. They just because they don't make it, they buy it from a factory. Yeah, yeah. Light bulbs, floor lamps, cameras, handheld vacuum, home monitoring system, outdoor plug, robotic camera that they buy from a factory. Sprinkle controller, thermostat, watch, headphones. Oh, sorry, two types of watches and a scale. It's it, we were having problems with the Wise cameras, and I went to go try and fix it, and it was just not working. And then they came out with version three, and I'm like, okay, version three. They said they're going to fix this. I get a version three, and I start you know going through the process. I'm like, wait, why is this not working? It's because they haven't actually fixed it yet. Yeah, and they still haven't released the stuff that they said. Oh yeah, we'll be releasing that. No, they haven't. It's oh, they're just problems. And I'm like, okay, you know what? 
I'm, I, you know, wise camera version three, $25. I'm like, okay, let's just see what, you know, what's the next ring up. And somebody pointed out these real link cameras and, you know, getting it from the real link store, the, their Wi-Fi security camera. Let's see, where's this one at? The base wireless camera, $30 and 79 cents. And then the pro version is $40. Okay. So, you know, yeah, you have the $25 up to 40 is a little bit of a jump. But hey, this thing actually works. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, Andy, if you were reviewing things too early. <laughs> well, I was reviewing things and then I tried to, uh, you know, I was trying to set up RTSP on the WISE cameras, which in theory, yes, mm. worked. But the uh, there was a problem. There's a bug with the audio. So that you couldn't, you could use the visual aspect of it, but you couldn't actually hear anything because the audio was just horrendous. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go find another camera that's cheap that can do RTSP, which is the E1 Pro. The E1, um, it's a 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. It doesn't do five gigs, but does the two-way audio. It's a, it's a pan tilt, uh, camera, not a zoom. So it's not a, it's not a true PTZ, but it's a PT. Um, you are, was, you are just saying letters, man. PTZ is pan, tilt, zoom. Okay. This one doesn't do any actual zooming, but you can still remotely control it left and right, up and down. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. You know, they have the, the E1 Pro also is not, um, is only pan <clears throat> and tilt. They have a zoom one, which is the next step up, which is 60 bucks, which can actually pan, tilt, and zoom. Um, but like the price seems to keep going up. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. I'm jumping farther and farther away from the $25 to $30 yeah. Wise camera. Which are garbage. Yes. Because, or at least for what you were trying to use them for. Yes. But I was, you know, yes. If you just want to have a camera that is just, you know, a camera that you can, you, you don't care, you know, how you receive it. If you want to stay inside the Wise infrastructure, then sure, that's fine. But, you know, if you want to try and leave it, 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 it kind of doesn't work. The the Reolink cameras, though, Reolink has computer software that can connect to the cameras. The Wise cameras don't. So I had to try and, you know, pipe the Wise cameras through VLC and, you know, take the non-standard firmware that Wise gave us, which still hasn't been updated <laughs> in forever and a day, to actually get an RTSP, you know, up and running on the thing. And then we had to get all VLC and all that stuff hooked up. The Reolink actually has just their own application, which you can actually use to configure and update your cameras and control them. Um, but the E1 Pro can also do an RTSP outside of outside of the, the software. So I've got it running on the, the TinyCam Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, the E1 Pro also, the newer versions, have an Ethernet port on there as well. So if I wanted to actually hardwire it in rather than rely on wi-fi i could do that as well it's not power over ethernet yet which would have been great but they haven't done that yet on this camera they have so now you, some you do need a power line yes but the uh their night vision is pretty good two-way audio is pretty good you know, I've got the app on my phone. I've got Tiny Cam Pro set up as well. So I've got the Wise camera and the Real Link up and running on that Swiss Army of a piece of software. <laughs> God, you know, the, the, it's ridiculous. This Tiny Cam Pro, and then you know, I post something on the the subreddit, and literally the guy who wrote the program responded with the thing. It's like, oh yeah, no, I'm working on that. Nice, nice. I, you know, I can now directly message the guy who's you know working on it. The 
The author. The author of the software. I can message now, and he responds. It's crazy. Tiny Cam Pro Swiss Knife to Monitor IP Cam. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, real links are in there. The Wise cameras are in there. It, like I, I reviewed that. It, it's it's a great piece of software. Android only. He doesn't have a computer thing set up yet. But yeah, no, I replaced the Wise camera at um at work because the V2 couldn't handle um, the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz. It kept on freaking out, so it would keep on disconnecting. It would have to keep on rebooting it and hope that it connected to the right um, Wi-Fi. Right. But this real link has just been rock solid between the two of them. Cool. Um, no, that's actually, no, sorry. I, I picked the E1 there because it only does 2.4, so it can't switch to the other <laughs> Wi-Fi. So you sacrifice the better one. Yes. Because but it makes it easier. Yeah. It's a three megapixel camera. It works great for them. They just need yeah. to see when somebody's walking up to the steps. And having a computer program for it means I could install it on everybody's desktop. So all they have to do is just double click it and rather, you know, than trying to do VLC and all the other fun RTSP stuff. So, yeah, no, it, it seems great. And these guys all have a lot more. I'm very curious. They have a battery powered security camera that can also run off of solar panels. They've got wireless cameras that have got their own built in solar panel to run them, which for, for me was like, oh, that'd be a neat idea to put out at some of the sites where I, you know, don't want to drill through a cement bunker in order to run power out to a camera. Because you could just put it out there with the solar panel. Yep, and then just plug a little Wi-Fi only, um, basically a dongle onto the router, and boom, I've got, you know, Wi-Fi out there. It's pretty cool. Yep, so yeah, Real Link is my, uh, the new one I'm trying out, so. Okay. You you did remind me, I don't think we talked, I think I'd set this up this week. I set up a Raspberry Pi NAS. Ooh, so I've I, heard those are have... hit and miss. I mean, it it seems to be working pretty good, and I have it wired into my... I mean, didn't we talk about this? Yeah, because I reviewed my music. Yeah. Yeah, so I have it wired into the the Alexas. So I must have talked about it last week. Okay, anyway. So yeah, so the real link... Like I said, it's a little bit more thirty to forty dollar range compared to the twenty five, but I feel like it's definitely worth it. I might actually switch Isaac's camera out for another real link. Cool. Um, but now that means I'll just have a handful of these wise cameras now lying around, which I might take out to some of the transmitter sites. We'll see. You could use the real link and um, hook it into, like, hook the feed into some, some, like, image recognition software and have it just, like, set a, a like, a, a warning or something where, like, it's, like, motion detected or identifying things or I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure that one out. Yep. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Best and worst Police Academy movie. Well, the best one's got to be the first one, right? My God, they made like eight of them. Yes, they made eight of them, Probably including the, the first. Yeah, I'm going to say the first. But also, that might be like the worst one because it not spawned because, all the other ones. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm going with that. Also, because it's a movie that came out in the mid '80s, and holy shit, like movies from the '80s are. Have you watched Revenge of the Nerds lately, Andy? Oh, I watched it. I think I watched it about five years ago. When, How well um, has Revenge of the Nerds held up, Andy? Oh, it has not. It has not held up, has it? No. When's the last time you watched Police Academy, Andy? <sighs> I caught it recently, but it was on TV, so 
I don't know how much of I, how much of the actual police academy I watched. Yeah, man, I forgot that Bobcat was the main bad guy in Police Academy Two. Yeah. Oh man, is David Graff still alive? Oh no, he passed away. Oh, mm. well, that's too bad. Yeah. Was- so like, how Andy here? So here's a scene. Uh... These two guys plant a prostitute in one of the people's dorms to be found during room checks while smuggling her off the campus. Mahoney's yes, her no, I know. Oh, right. Geez. While he's not looking, the prostitute performs fellatio on Lassar. This movie does not know. Like, this is not a good thing. Um, I feel like a lot of movies from the 80s fall into this bucket. Yeah. We're like, oh, that's funny. Wait a minute. That's that's actually, like, really bad. Now, Michael Winslow is a friggin', like, treasure. He still, he he was touring still recently, right? Yep. He still does stuff. <laughs> Winslow worked with Orlando, Florida-based game developer studio Finkin Media on mobile game for iOS entitled Wizard Ops Chapter 1, providing all the sound effects for the game. That's pretty cool. <laughs> He was also on Game Changer recently. Really? Yes. There's a, a Game Changer that they have, which is the, they call it like the Game Samer, where they just recycle, or rather continue one of the old games that they were working on. Uh, and it, it's a like sound effects um, competition. So they just go like person A, person B, person C, like do this sound effect. And I will, I, I score you zero to three points. It started off with just like a cat, and so they because the the whole premise of Game Changer is the uh, the game changes every time. The contestants don't actually know what the game is; they have to figure it out as they go along. And so this one was just like a cat. They didn't say what to do about it. They just said like, "It's yep, your your word is cat." <laughs> And eventually they figure out that, like, oh, okay, we're supposed to, like, these are the, the sound effects that we're supposed to be making. Uh, and they get, like, much more complex. Um, to the point where in, in the third episode, where Michael Winslow is in there, there's, like, a jellyfish having the talk with their with their son. <laughs> oh, jeez. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, the sound effects slash track slash improv of that. Uh, another one was, like, the Chuck E. Cheese robots on their final performance. <laughs> and it was just, it's so good, man. It's so good. Uh, anyway, yeah, Police Academy's not, probably not good. It's not that good. It's, like, movies in the 80s, man. Even Airplane. Like, there's some scenes in Airplane that are just not appropriate anymore. Never were appropriate, really. But, like, not appropriate. Yeah. The last Police Academy movie on Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating of zero percent based on the reviews from seven critics. Ouch! I gotta, Is I that gotta. Mission d- to Moscow. Yes. Hold on. Let's just make sure. I'm going to the Rotten Tomatoes site right now. Yep. Zero percent. Audience score: twenty-two percent. Yeah. Limited run, making a hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. <laughs> I thought it had gone just to, uh, I thought it had just gone to DVD or VHS at the time. No, limited U.S. run. Oh my goodness. That's just, oh my, that's, ugh. Oh, God, now I, ugh. I just feel like I have to, like, watch something else so I'd stop having the, the mental images of that movie in my head. Yep. All right. I think, Andy, that's it. Yep, that's, uh, on that low note, that's a wrap. 
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.